It's time for the Rich Life Retirement Show, brought to you by retirement professional and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, Bo Henderson. This is the one place committed to helping you navigate all aspects of a successful, meaningful, and fulfilling retirement. Let's get started. Here's Bo Henderson and Bill Main. And we are back at it. Not just your average Sunday. It is Super Sunday, Super Bowl well, Sunday. And I know about you, I am ready to go for this. I'm excited. Are you excited, Bo? I, you know, football is my favorite sport. And <laughs> I'm excited to see this. And you know, it's kind of fun to – I'm at the point now, Bill, where it's not a, not a big dog in the fight. I'm looking forward to seeing a good game, hopefully. Yeah, I hope I hope it's a close game. I hope it's a nice, tight game. Right. And uh, I'm looking forward to the ribs later on today, too. So. There you go. Well, yeah, nothing's worse than, than one of those, a game that's like 6-3. to three. Uh, uh, Yeah, right. let's see some competition. I don't here. think that's going to happen with these teams. Though. No, somehow I don't. It's going to be exciting. And as a prelude to that, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Because on today's show, check it out. Should you consider taking out a home equity loan before you retire? Uh, there's some reasons. We'll talk to it, to you about it. Can you can small time investors really beat the big guys? That's a story taken from the headlines. Hearing a lot about that. Yeah, boy howdy. And we'll hear from an analyst who warns that we're now in a stock market bubble. We'll talk about whether or not it's going to pop or not. But right now we're going to talk about where you can see Bo Henderson live because the retirement tour 2021 is continuing live on location. Uh, so <laughs> you know one of the things we do at Rich Life Advisors is we. Our, our foundation is based on education. If we get good information out there, it helps people do better. Sure, you make good decisions. Uh, and where we're going to be next is at Jefferson Civic Center. That's going to be Tuesday the 9th at 6.30 p.m., Thursday the 11th, and Saturday morning the 13th at 10 o'clock. Okay. We'll be talking about retirement strategy, taxes in retirement, Social Security claiming strategies, all the good stuff we talk about here. All right, and if folks want to get signed up for that, make sure that they can be part of it. How do they do it? Go to richlifeadvisors.com, and you can find an events tab and just register for the event right there. Or give me a call at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. All right, very good. Now let's jump straight into this because, you know, we still don't know for sure yet which of President Biden's proposals might become law but U.S. News and World's report says one of his ideas is to replace the tax deduction we get for our 401k contributions with a tax credit. So what does this mean? All right. So the deduction, it was dollar for dollar. It would come off the top of whatever we put in would be taken off of our taxable income. Okay. That's that what makes, we've been used straightforward to. Straightforward makes right. sense, yeah. So so with the, the credit, the 26% credit, what the problem here and the issues you hear people having is it's not equal. It's not fair across the board. It's not, okay, if I make more, I pay my 26%. If I make less, it actually favors um, people that don't make as much and higher income earners aren't going to get as much of a deduction as they currently do. Huh. So I, I see, again, it's kind of shifting things to if you're earning higher income, you're going to pay a little more of the load. And I'm not, a fa- I'm not in favor of that because that discourages me from doing well, earning money, or maybe even looking for alternatives to, to earn my income so sure. that I'm not being penalized to do that. Yeah, you know, the idea is we want to reward people for being good savers, being good stewards of their money, and, and, and staying solvent. But this seems like to be counterintuitive to this whole idea of what we are about in America. Right. To me, anyway. And, and there's there's a few other tax things that will come up as we have some of these conversations. But it's one that, again, it's going to it's gonna hurt the, the higher income earner, right? Is that good or bad? I don't, I don't mind taxing people if it's, if it's somewhat – but I don't like disincentivizing someone from doing well. Right. I found that doesn't play out well in the long run. Let's find a way to make it fair because we know there are things we have to pay for. Right. But let's try to see if we can make it a fair way to do it. And right. Not, like you say, disincentivize for people for being successful. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, staying on this political bent, if you will, uh, President Biden repeatedly telling us unless we earn 
more than $400,000 a year, he won't be raising our taxes. But, you know, he's considering an increase in the capital gains tax. And economic consultant Danielle DiMartino Booth, who has been on our show several times, mm-hmm. uh, love her, her approach. She always has great information. But she was on CNBC the other day uh, and said that will probably affect environment re- in retirement investments. Uh, so if it does, how, how does that affect us when we go to our stock holdings and, and look at the market? You know, this is this concerns me more than the 26 percent uh, deduction that we talked about in the 401k. Why is that? Why is that? This is going to have a bigger impact. And it's not going to just be on the people that earn above four hundred thousand dollars. I think that's a little bit political because the high earner is kind of his position is the bad guy. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that's easy to do. But capital gains affects a lot of people. I see it every week. So imagine your dad or your grandfather bought some real estate or they bought a stock. And it doubled and doubled and doubled. They held it for 40 years. I just mm-hmm. ran across a case where it had doubled about three times oh, with, wow. with, the, with some kids that were inheriting some money. With today's capital gains rules, when somebody passes away, you would inherit, the beneficiaries inherit that, and it steps up the basis or the the the, the basis of the, the investment is what it's worth at the time of the death of the person that leaves it. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So then one day you will pay tax on the gain from that point forward. Okay. So right. what Biden is proposing that that's scaring a lot of people that will affect a lot of people. And again, just not those high income earners, because there's a lot of wealth in transition right now from baby boomer generation and even their parents. Sure. Uh, so what would happen there is if that that step up in basis is done away with. Remember my example where I said grandfather or father started something 40 years ago. Yeah. You're going to pay tax from that very starting point of where he started to inherit. That what? Money. Right. What what makes it worthwhile for me then to even plan on leaving my kids anything? In that case, it does change things. It does start changing things, and it would start changing the strategies we would use. You know, in that case, I'm going to start using some of that money earlier, buy up life insurance if I can, to leave mm-hmm. money to my kids tax-free, because what's the point if two-thirds of it's going to be taxed away? I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, so following that same bent and— uh you know, Let's it, hope that doesn't happen. That's not— Yeah, it's not in that's, stone. There's talks of that, but, but and, and you have a lot of people very concerned because— that's wealth transfer. Yeah, take a look at take a look at the fine print in those bills that right. the folks are trying to pass. That's right. A, yeah. Well, isn't that like the forty thousand page that they yeah. give you two hours for exactly. Congress to look through yeah. and sign? Yeah, don't with no pressure. Exactly, pass it. Then we'll decide what's in it, right? But you know, if, if you think that makes you feel queasy, which that story does make me feel queasy, check this one out. If you're planning to leave an estate that takes care of your loved ones. Well, Business Insider says the average person burns through an inheritance in about five years. So you're talking about leaving money to people unless it's invested properly. Right. So let's give it that caveat. And that's where you come in. So I guess the question is, how do we keep that from happening? How what is your definition of invested properly? I see two scenarios when this happens. So in one case, an inheritance is treated almost like a lottery winning or say some some cases we've heard of pro athletes that all of a sudden didn't really have. They, they went from school, basically, to earning millions of dollars, but they didn't necessarily have the skill sets or the things to keep the money. Right. The discipline not to just and, blow it all. So that's the one. This is the case study within five years. And sometimes it's millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow. It goes away. That's hard to believe. Uh, so, so it is. It would be sometimes an inheritance is treated like winning the lottery. It's, I don't know if that's a great way to look at well, it. Let's just blow it because, you know, it's. it's Found money. So right. Well, the other side, Bill, is is someone that says, OK, I know this is coming. Um, the estate's being settled, and they go and say, I want to have a plan for this money for my goals for the future. It might be to send the kids to school. It might be for my retirement. 
and they come up with a plan before the money hits the checking account, right? Because once it hits the checking account, it's real easy to say, hey, there's enough to go buy that lake house. I've got itchy fingers right? now. And, yeah. and my car, you know, it was kind of sounding a little weird. I probably need to get a new car. Yeah. And then before you know it, that inheritance is gone. Yeah. Or it could have been the difference in you and maybe your kids having a much better lifestyle and comfort long term if it was handled properly. So guess what it comes back to? It comes back to strategy and planning. Having a plan. Yeah, and putting it all together so you don't act in the moment emotionally. Right. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so uh, great stuff so far. Hey, remind folks how to get in touch with you because you're you're generating more questions than answers right. right now. Right. If you win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You sign a big contract or you inherit some money. <laughs> no, yeah. whatever. Any situation we're transitioning, and, and one of those is, is going into retirement, from your working life to retirement. Really what we do is we've created the processes to help that transition happen successfully. Uh, if you have questions or, you know, of any of the topics we talk about, go to richlifeadvisors.com and check out the methodology and the process and the way we work with clients. Or give me a call with your specific questions at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Okay, we got to lighten things up a little bit because what we <laughs> yeah. just talked about is just unsettling a right. little bit. All right, it's called the Super Bowl Indicator. And the theory here is that if the NFC team, that's the Bucks, if they win the championship, uh, the Dow will supposedly finish the year higher. But if the AFC team, the Chiefs, win, then the market will supposedly finish lower. Now, this reminds me of the groundhog. It all sounds kind of a crazy way to indicate anything. But it's been accurate 75% of the time. Three quarters of the time. Yeah. So are you putting money in the market or taking it out based on this? So now, who I'm rooting for, you might have just changed my mind a little bit, right? <laughs> I was kind of leaning Kansas City, but if, if it's going to indicate the market coming back up or coming up or staying up, we might just lean towards the bucks a little bit. Yeah, there you go. But that is fascinating that, you know, numbers tend to work back toward to a mean or an average, but isn't it fascinating that some stats will just pull one way and it'll tell any story you want it to? Yeah, that's true. You can make the stats tell any story. That's where you have to go back to what we just said, making sure you've got that strategy and that plan and follow the real math. Right. This right here is interesting, right. but this is not. There are other things that affected the market other than who won the Super Bowl. And do you have a dog in the fight or you have a other than wanting the market to go up? I want the market to go up, but, you know, I am always for the underdog, and I hate to say this because Tom Brady has caused me so much grief over right. the years, um, but I'm kind of for the underdog because I don't think the Bucks are really favored to win this, and mm-hmm. it would be kind of a neat little storyline in history if Tom could uh, bring this team back and, uh, and, and win the Super Bowl. You know, I almost hate to admit that, too, is that it's this guy's my age, and he's out there, is it out there yeah. playing in the Super Bowl, and I was like, It'd be kind of neat to see how far he can take this before it's too late, even though I've, I've never been a Patriots fan or a Brady fan per se. Um, but hey, maybe he could win. Maybe the market goes up. It's a win-win. Exactly. We all win. Old guys rule. Old guys <laughs> rule. That's it right there. All right. So now someone someone here who may or may not be accurate or more accurate than football in predicting uh, you know, the market and what it's going to do, and that is Jeremy Grantham. And he's talking to Bloomberg the other day and said that stocks are now in a bubble. And he believes that bubble could be popped by President Biden's proposed stimulus package. So what's your take on that? And is that a real uh, real possibility? You know, we've been talking uh, different variations of this, that the market, I, I believe the market has been in a bubble for a long time. That we've just been waiting for that piece of news or, or that lack of optimism for something. You know, we're talking... This was a few weeks ago that uh, rolling out the vaccine, it was keeping enough people optimistic. Things were plugging along. Uh, but we're always one event where it's kind of like a scale. And, and yeah. I feel like the market's been been like the scale that's kind of teetering back and forth. Sort of balanced. Right. Yeah. And, and my concern right now is between some of the things we've already talked about, the, the proposed tax changes, 
the stimulus, which what the stimulus is going to do is, is add yet another round of trillions of dollars of debt to this country. Yep. And what's going to be that thing? Or something going to come up in the news uh, that's going to tip that scale? And I, I do believe we're in a bubble, and I think sooner than later, it's probably a safer bet to bet that a market corrects than to assume that it's just going to keep going up and up and up and up. Because what goes up it has to come down. come down. And let's face it, I don't know that it can sustain much more up at this point, given the other factors that are going on with the new administration, with COVID still out there and, and, and the vaccine not rolling out as quickly as they, they had hoped it would. Right. So you got a lot of mitigating factors, that's for sure. All right. So there's an old joke about why it's a mistake to assume something, and we all know that, so I'm not going to go into that. But <laughs> the Motley Fool says people routinely make false assumptions about retirement, and I know you've probably heard plenty of those. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of those to caution us against making as sure. we plan for retirement. So some false assumptions, and I hear them. I hear these weekly, and some of them, and the first one I want to talk about came from actually the, the financial services industry. When when early on, when it was trying to get people to participate in retirement savings account like 401ks and IRAs, the big story that you were trained, I was trained 23 years ago to tell this story, is you need to go ahead and invest as much as you can in these pre-tax accounts because one day in retirement, you're going you're gonna to be in a lower tax bracket because you're going to spend less money. Mm-hmm. Guess what I've seen when I actually, with working with hundreds of people having these conversations, most people don't make X amount of dollars and spend half of that. Yeah, most people are spending ninety, a hundred, maybe one hundred and ten percent if we're not Ooh, lucky. But yeah. but but the the point is most people most people are really looking to transition pretty smoothly from what they're used to because our expenses typically rise up to what we have coming in. Yeah. So that's one thing. So if your expenses are the same and you need that same income, your taxes aren't going to go down. And why that's a best case scenario is. That's assuming tax rates don't go up, which we've talked about over and over again. They're going to go up. Yeah, they, and, and historically they already have. I mean, so yeah, we need to be have. thinking about in our retirement planning. So we have two phases. Most of our life, we're accumulating assets, 30, 40 years of a working career. And now we've got to go to a different game, different ball game, and we got to say, how do I take these assets I've accumulated and get to use as much of them as possible? And that's where we're going to really have to pay attention to the, pack, the tax rules. How do we navigate that? How do we best position? Which accounts do we take from first? So, yeah, I see that as a fallacy is, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll drop down a tax bracket or two. Doesn't happen a lot of the time. Unfortunately, they're not going to let us let it happen because just even if we drop down, that bracket's probably right where we it's, were. They just might be it. higher than the bracket above it, <laughs> exactly. you know, in ten years. Exactly. Okay. What else do people uh, uh, make a false assumptions about? The uh, the next one is assuming that Medicare is free. Now, now Medicare, there is a chart. Now, Medicare, it so once you reach sixty five, mm-hmm. um, we're eligible for to have our health benefits, and and the good thing is. Right now, with the state of the the exchange and health insurance, it's much more reasonable. So a lot of times when we're planning a retirement, the first age we'll look at in a lot of scenarios is, let's see if we work to 65 and we're not having to fund private health insurance. A lot of times that'll save families $1,000 or more a month. Wow. That's a just making it to Medicare. But yeah. there are some expenses, and we want to know that if, if they're taking $149 out for Medicare and you have some supplements, what is the net income that you're actually getting to spend? And I think the let the... The rule of thumb there is just let's let's plan on net numbers. When we're planning, what's actually going to come home in my checking account that I can pay bills with and live on, not what is that gross number. we got to kind of net yeah. out those other things. We have to get the real number, and yeah. that's what a lot of people, I think, miss. Right. And I got one more. So, uh, you know, I know, th- I know statistics hold true, and I know things happen to other people, but they don't happen to me. <laughs> 
and what I'm talking about is long-term care. Uh, the that's sta- the other guys. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I accept that two-thirds of, of people are going to have some kind of an issue, or, or there's a 67% chance in a household somebody's going to have an issue, but I don't really need to address it, even though an event could run through my retirement savings in two or three years. So we just need to look at the statistics and have a conversation. I'm not saying everybody needs to go buy long-term care policies because sometimes we can't. It's cost prohibitive. Right. But we need to have a conversation and say, what is my plan if this very likely event were to occur? You know, there's different ways we could handle it. We could have long-term care insurance. Uh, we could be able to self-fund. You got some extra money or an extra asset. Say, so we're just going to earmark this. This whole job is going to be to help us out if that happens. Um we could spend down all our assets and, and qualify for Medicaid. That's not really what most people would want to do, but we just want to, we don't want to get to my job. I don't want to get to an event happening and then you look, come back to me and say, we never had that conversation. You want to be proactive, not right. reactive. Right. Yeah. And here again, things will change, but if you put the strategy together uh, and you look at it and say, okay, if this, then this, at mm-hmm. least you've got that fallback. You've already done that. You don't have to, to recreate the, the, the whole thing. And what I'm seeing with long-term care right now, it's, People are very cognizant of it because a lot of people are in a spot right now where they're taking care of aging parents. Yeah. And they're saying, okay, I see. I get it now. Maybe well, it could happen. That yeah. sandwich generation where you're raising your children and you're taking care of your parents at mm-hmm. the same time and you realize the reality of, of aging. Right. <laughs> All right. So this is the big story of the week. GameStop. Now, supposedly, individual traders banded together on social media to somehow manipulate the company's stock price. Now, the claim is that these traders are getting rich and they're doing it at the expense of hedge fund managers. Sort of a David versus Goliath thing. But portfolio manager John Kratz told Fox Business this week that this is too complicated for the average investor to take a chance on. So is this a way to make some easy money, or is it too complicated to take a chance on? Yeah, you know, th- this this squeeze, this short squeeze that happened, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think this is something that's going to be a routine thing. It's, it's something that happened, a coordinated effort. It happened. And it's it's going to be shut down. You already saw the the White oh, yeah. House calling in to shut things down. Something that can hurt Wall Street that, that has so much control over how everything runs. I don't think the little guy is going to win in the long term. It was kind of a fun story in case, and we're going to see probably a lot of people want to to duplicate that. But I think anytime something like this happens, unfortunately, when when the the big the big guy doesn't win. Yeah. They, they also have the pull to to kind of close the loop, so to speak. Yeah, they're also the ones that are making contributions to politicians. That's exactly <laughs> right, Bill Man. You're getting it. Yes. But, yeah, I will say this just real fast, uh, and, and that is um, I think that these hedge fund folks got their comeuppance in mm-hmm. a way because mm-hmm. they weren't really – they were trying themselves to manipulate the market. They absolutely were. They didn't realize that somebody was watching them that they could outsmart them. It's like – you guys didn't have a contingency for what you were doing. Right. I would not want them to be on my chess team. Right. Because when you play chess, you think four moves, five moves, ten moves ahead. And that's what I want in my hedge fund manager. That's what I want in my retirement right. expert. I want somebody that's looking ahead. Right. Not trying to game the system. We're not we're not dealing with it after the fact. Yeah, right? exactly. They, they should have seen it coming is all I'm saying. Well, it was a very, it was a multi-billion dollar lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing. I know some people lost their shirts on that, but I, well, I'm sorry. I, I got to laugh. I've got to share a meme. You know, yeah. sometimes I see a meme and I have to share it here on the show. Is, oh, yeah. Is it said, you know, a lot of, I know we're all talking about this GameStop, but a lot of people with families really got hurt with multiple boats. Or no, a lot of people with multiple boats, boats right? Right. Yeah, so basically, yeah. 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 These people with yachts got yeah. hurt really bad. Oh, you I should know. feel awful. Hey, I'm a boat owner. I know how that feels. <laughs> I know how that feels. All right, so I, I got to. We're almost out of time here. I got to wrap up on this because sure. this is something, and I see this uh, sort of advertised a lot of times. 
But one of the downsides of leaving the workforce is that banks may decide that you no longer are credit worthy mm. because you're not having the same income. Right. You've got retirement, so you've got a somewhat of a limited, more limited income. Now, Tim uh, Stefan, who's the director of financial planning for Barrett, uh, told Morningstar that's why you should consider opening a line of credit on the equity in your home before you retire. It, is that something that you think is a good idea in this case? And, and is that like reverse mortgage as well? I mean, yeah, so I hear a lot of reverse mortgages being advertised and, uh, in retirement. So what happens, backing up to, to that statement, is a bank much prefers a paycheck than a balance in a retirement account unless that this is some scenarios where they like to actually see it annuitized or in a pension form because they see that as, okay, there's not this account they're showing me out there that they may or may not – they might go buy a property with that. We don't right. know, yeah. but we have this this liability. Uh, so so I have seen situations to where when you leave that steady paycheck, unless you turn it on in another way or in a guaranteed way, a bank sees you as a bigger risk. Interesting because no job is guaranteed. Just right. take a look at the last nine months. Isn't that true? Yeah, isn't that true? It's, yeah. It is interesting. So I have seen scenarios to where there's a difference between pulling out an equity line as a backup to your reserve fund if something were to happen and actually maxing out an equity line, right? So we pull it out and do all these rehabs, buy this, these toys we wanted in retirement. That might bite you. Yeah, because you got to pay that back. Right. It, but, but having an equity line is kind of a, a, a backup safety net. I've seen that actually work for people, but there's got to be some discipline with it because, again, it's available money. So the the advice sometimes with where whether I go that way is it's getting to know the person and kind of their their personality style. Yeah, you know, we had we had one two houses ago, right, and uh, did use it for some things, but I I got it basically because I had in case I had some emergencies or I needed a vehicle or whatever it was, it, it was a better way to do it. Right. But at one point they sent me uh, the a card like a credit card that right. you could use that like yeah. your bank. And I thought, no, I'm going to cut these up. Yeah. This is too easy. Because I was using it just transferring when I needed to and then transferring back right. online. But no, don't send me that. Make that, it too easy. No, that's you start way see, too easy. You start easy. seeing all these long street charges. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With me, it would be going to the, the dock and getting more gas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boat dock gas ain't cheap, buddy. Ain't cheap at all. Uh, How is that? Just real. We got about a minute and a half here. Sure. Uh, reverse mortgage. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really. I hear them advertised, but it kind of makes me uneasy. So there's a there's a guy we should probably bring a clip on or have him on the show one day called Don Don Graves, and he does a lot of work uh, teaching in retirement planning. He calls it housing wealth. So a lot of times what happens is we're running into you know the big scenario of people having enough money to not outlive or run out of money, and a lot of people do have a lot of equity trapped in their house. And it's a I run into a lot of situations, Bill, where somebody's not worried; they're not trying to leave money uh, a house to kids, right. or they don't have kids. Yeah. So if I could take that equity and turn it into a $1,500 a month income stream that makes me be able to pay my bills, that might make sense. And the thing about a reverse mortgage is it's just a mortgage, meaning it's never going to exceed the value of your house in most cases. And, and in all cases, you're allowed to stay there the rest of your life, and it will close when you die. So so whoever's in charge of your estate, they're going to have to sell the property maybe. They could buy it back. They could pay it off. Or they sell it and just pay it off, and it kind of closes itself out. So they're very smart actuarially on knowing how much they can afford to lend you and, and how to structure those. So for some people, I've actually seen it a viable option, and that industry has become regulated to the point to where it's not some of the old things where you hear of people losing their house and things like that. You just really want to be with your eyes wide open knowing it's like anything else. What am I trying to solve? What are the tools I have available? And it might be that's the tool 
that's available for your situation that you need to use because there might not be a big 401k or a pension. Yeah, it might be the one thing that completes what you need to do right. to and get it, there. And it might be a lifetime of savings there now, the equity in this house you own. Well, and you have changed my mind about this. I I, I really did had a negative look mm-hmm. at it, but this that's now that you explained it a little bit better, I like, thank you so much. Yeah, it's not for that. everybody, but, no, but, no, but, it, but it's a tool on the yeah, table uh, that, you, that you model. Well, if you have questions you want to find out if your tools are in the right toolbox and you're <laughs> using them properly, this is the guy to talk to. How do we get to you? Yeah, go to richlifeadvisors.com and, and just start at the Start Here page and give me a call with any specific questions you have uh, about your situation or where you are in this transition from working life to upcoming retirement. 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. All right, we've got the uh, Super Bowl coming on here, an hour and a half for pregame here on WDUN. So I'm going to get home, get those ribs on, and I'll check with you next week. I'll be there soon for the ribs. If you have specific retirement questions or would like to know more about Rich Life Advisors, go to richlifeadvisors.com or call 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Rich Life Advisors LLC provides investment advisory services through Formula Folios. Bo Henderson is a licensed insurance agent in Georgia.